Good morning. morning. Gee, Val, loved your story, loved your testimony. My goodness, I think I just, I think we could just go have some tea and coffee right now. I think we've had our service. That was brilliant. Thank you for sharing that. Just that, those truths. Uh, that was powerful. Really, really powerful. Uh, and it really fits in again. I feel like the sense of this message today is a continue of how to be certain in uncertain times. And so let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the few moments that we have together that you would speak to us, that each of our hearts, Father, would be ready to receive. There's a lot of stuff going on in our lives, Lord, even personally. There's things we're always thinking about and planning and doing and there's so much connected to who we are. But in these next few moments, Lord, may we just put that to a side and may we just concentrate on you and may you speak into our heart. May each of us receive whatever the word is that you want to say to each one of us, whatever that word is right now that you would speak it into our hearts. I know it'd be different for each and every one of us, but whatever it is that we will take that away and we'll take it to prayer and we'll do something with that. And I pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Well, I just want a, a bit of a disclaimer from last week. Uh, just so you know, I was speaking about KFC and food. And I said KFC had McNuggets. Well, they don't. They just have nuggets. Just to clarify. Then someone also asked me if I'm not eating meat sausages anymore. No. So I clarify again. Pardon me. Uh, I don't eat, we haven't eaten for some, quite some time, hot dog frankfurts. Okay. Just want to be very specific out there. Yes, I certainly eat meat and I love meat and that's just where it's at, but I just need to clarify. Caelan was in the car and he said, Dad, it just sounds like the only thing people remembered was about the food bit you talked about. And I said, maybe I've just got to talk about food every message. Maybe that might be the key, Caelan. And so we had a little laugh with that. So anyway, good to be here this morning again and continue in this series of uh, being certain of God in un- uncertain times. Uh, I, re- I referred to last week to speaking about a car sticker that we had when I was a new Christian that said, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. And I think that's so true. I know it's very simplistic, but I think sometimes we can work with that. We're very good at complicating things, aren't we? And so how good is it just to turn that... Uh, change that a little bit. When you turn on the TV, open the paper, we get this sense of global happenings. And there's no telling what is going to happen next. It's impossible, as I said, to understand or even comprehend what's going on, but that's the reality. Jesus said not to lean on our own understanding, but to trust him in the season. And we heard that with Val sharing those different stages of her life that we all have as well. We all have a story that we all could get up here and share. But here's the thing, you've survived the day so far. Every circumstance, every setback, every obstacle, every challenge, and you're undefeated. You are here. You are victorious. And I love what it says in Romans 8.37, knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. Isn't that good news for us to to behold today? So we're going to look back again at how to continue uh, speaking into being certain in uncertain times. I made reference last week to Matthew 24, verse 6, and it says, You shall hear of wars and rumours of wars. And Jesus said, Do not be troubled. These things must come to pass, but the end is not 
year. And there's a great sense that we can be reassured in Christ and his take on things. I was thinking about this message and I, I can't find any particular scripture really where Jesus was, was rattled by what was going on. There's emotion, absolutely. But this confidence that he just presided around him in his reactions with people. He was just confident in who his father was. So we learn not to be troubled. We learn that there are times for every season under heaven. And it speaks, the preacher is speaking about how to contemplate the emptiness of life without God. So we looked at three things. We looked at God still rules the earth. Heaven is his throne and earth is his footstool. We learn that the word of God will remain forever. It will last. Everything else goes and will be nothing. God's word remains. And the devil is still Defeated. So what other certainties can we take with us in our understanding and faith in God and in this time of uncertainty? Well, the next one is, and it's already been spoken a number of times this morning, is that God still is a miracle-working God. We have to believe that. God is a miracle-working God. And I, God forbid I ever get to the point where I stop believing that. I need to believe that God is who he says he is. And if he is who he says he is, then I should be expecting miracles. I should be believing for miracles. He is a wonder-working God. What sort of God would he be if he wasn't? He's not made of stone or wood or straw. Is this not that we say he's all-powerful and all-knowing, omnipotent? Is that not our claim? Is he not all-sovereign, all-knowing? Is he not our all in all? I went to Bible College 1991-92 and we had a subject called Power Theology. It was great. Some Bible colleges didn't have that. Our Bible college did. And a great Baptist pastor was the one who was leading that one. And it was good. And it was great. And this Baptist pastor was speaking in terms of how to understand God's attributes that are natural to God, but supernatural for us. And so we started to, to look at this. Around 20% of the Gospels, we see our power encounters. In Mark 9, 23, Jesus said to everyone, everything, uh, to him, sorry, everything is possible to him who believes. The one thing we can take away from this story is that we all need help with our doubt, our unbelief. We need to turn to Jesus in times of uncertainty, of despair, perplexity, fear, failure. We can be certain, and we need to be certain of who Jesus is. The Bible, in fact, isn't it a miracle book? Isn't it about miracles? About a God who loves us, who redeems us, who saves us? The story we heard just a few moments ago is a, is a miracle story. And you are miracle stories being written right now. How good is that? When was the last time you expected an answer to your prayer? When did God answer? When was the last time you believed for a miracle and you saw it? We heard that this morning. Carolyn. When do we believe that God is who he says he is? Isn't salvation a miracle? I've tried to save someone in my own strength. I can't do it. 
tried to heal someone in my own strength, I can't do it. I'm just a vessel, just a willing vessel. It's God who does it, who works through us, works through his people, transform and change the world. In Psalm 77, it says, you are the God who performs miracles. You display your power amongst your peoples. God's okay with that. I'm okay with God being a miracle-working God. The Bible uses three words to refer to miracles, signs, wonders, or the miracle, or what we call power manifestation. A miracle is an act of God beyond human understanding that displays God's power, inspires wonder in his people, and acts as a sign that God is at work in the world. We can talk more, but I want to be encouraged with that. So I can be certain in uncertain times that my God is a miracle-working God. We're hearing a lot of miracles right now that are coming out of Ukraine, different stories that we're hearing in the total devastation. Did you know that I understand, don't quote me on this, or maybe you can, I've heard and I've read that it looks like that Ukraine uh, is one of the fastest-growing Baptist uh, states or nations in the world. In the last 20 years, they've had unprecedented revival. So it's no surprise maybe the pressure that they've got. For 44 million, the Baptist Union of, of Ukraine has, has now like 2,700 churches. 2,700. That's a threat. They're growing exponentially. So in the last 20 years, 1,700 churches were planted. That's a threat to the enemy. Because people are getting saved and people are getting trained and people are getting discipled and they're reaching people and they're reaching people and they're reaching people. No wonder Ukraine is a threat. Maybe Australia will be a threat when we get to that place where we're reaching out and we're believing for miracles and we're seeing God do things. Just saying. I think that's interesting news anyway. That's just what I've read. You can find some of those sources online. Where God is, expect miracles. By faith, anything is possible to them that believe. You have loved ones, and you have friends and family and people that you know and you care about, and they're not saved or following the Lord, or they were and they're not. You keep believing for that miracle, for God's kindness to invade that situation. Ask Him to show you what it is, what would happen in that place. And, be, and contribute to that. Number five, God will always have a plan. In uncertain times, we know that God always has a plan. What does it say? We heard this again today. Val, you made reference again. It's just like when I get up, I'm just like a second speaker today because it's just like there was Liz the other week and now it's Val. It's, but anyway, Isaiah 46 talks about remember the former things. What are we remembering? We're remembering what God did. Remembering the journey of the wilderness. We're remembering how God's faithfulness and promises were evident for those long ago. For I am God, there is no other. I am God and there is no one like me. I will make the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand and I will do what I please. Prayer is never about trying to manipulate God and, and convert God and change God from doing something. That's truly his heart. But when we are hungry and thirsty for, for the things that please God, my goodness, 
things start to happen. God is sovereign. He's supreme authority over all the earth. He is creator of heaven and earth. We looked at that. And that's what we believe as Christians. That God is always sovereign and always loving. And that's his plan. In Romans 8, 28, all things work together. together. We, we quote that. But it's not fun to quote that when things don't feel like all things are working together. When I feel like my life is falling apart, but you said all things work for good for those who love God or call to conscious purpose. But if we read on, it says to be conformed into the image of his son. That means there's some things we're going to experience in the conformity that are not pleasant, that are uncomfortable. But we trust him because his plan is always going to be better than your plan. I'd rather God's plan than my plan, even when I don't understand. Because he loves me more than I love myself. God's plan is salvation. It is healing and miracles. It is supernatural presence. And how else can anything change? And why other reason would we be here if not that we're expecting God's intervention because of his plan and purpose? Now, I know it's frustrating when God doesn't do what we expect. I get it. But what does God say when things aren't going so good? He says to, to Jeremiah, Jeremiah writes to God's people who are in a foreign land under foreign rulers, are captives, and he warns them not to listen to the false prophets and the soothsayers and the divinities and whatever they're called. And it says this in Jeremiah 29, for I know the plans I have for you. So God's encouraging a people who feel uh, uh, disconnected, outcast. Where is God in this? And he says, I know the plans I have for you. They're plans to prosper you and not to harm you. We often claim them in good, good moments, but this is claimed in and spoken in a time that wasn't pleasant, that was definitely uncertain. And he says, plans to give a hope and a future. Then you'll call to me and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and you will find me when you what? With all my heart. All, my, all our hearts. I was reading recently just looking how Jesus prayed, that Jesus prayed with intensity. There's no ho-ho-hum prayers. He prayed with intensity. Why shouldn't we also see and believe and pray with intensity? Sometimes it's very easy to misunderstand the times we live in. And sometimes the key is just understanding the timing. Of God's plan. Psalm 33 says, The plans of the Lord will stand forever, the purpose of his heart through all generations. This is incredible. When we think about uncertain times, we need to remind ourselves of 2022 and beyond, God is still Emmanuel. We heard that God is with us. And at times you will hear, maybe feel that kiss on the cheek or that overshadowing presence of God Almighty for his people. In Psalm 23, verse 4, even though, David speaking, even though I walk through the darkest valley or the valley of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. To know that God is with you is the greatest blessing here. That's the comfort David knew in Psalm 23. And though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will 
Fear, I shall fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. For you are with me. He knew he could face anything, even death, because God was with him. I love that. We need to write that scripture down. It's powerful, it's reassuring, it's filled with certainty. God's presence comforts us and guides us. David knew that very well. And there's no one to to lean on or to look to. God is there. You know, when you jump into a swimming pool, when you go underwater, we had a pool. When you go underwater, you just feel the water just, just surround you. I believe that's God wants us to experience that sense of just feeling not just a little bit here or a little dipping our toe in, but just being surrounded, just being aware of his presence. Everything that we do, the natural, the spiritual, everything. Are we aware of God's presence in our lives? Are you thankful that God is there? Are you acknowledging God is there with you? Because he is. Life could be a lot worse. Things could be a lot harder if you want them to be. God is with you. He's there. He won't give up on you. He won't give up on you. He'll keep reaching. He'll keep calling. He'll keep reaching. He'll keep calling. Like those spam things we keep getting every day. Terrible things. Wake up and turn your phone on and I've got to go get some message. I've got to go pick up some packages today somewhere. There are 20 of them. I don't know where. And they can't even spell packages right. Anyway, that's usually the clue. Anyway, God's presence still guides and comforts us and surrounds us because he is Emmanuel. And the last thought here is God can be trusted. In my 32 years of walking and serving God, God can be trusted in the good days and not so good days. Days where I get it and the days I don't get it. The days when I love God and feel close to God and the days where I don't so much feel like I love God like I should or that he is close. But he can be trusted. Isaiah 12 says, surely God is my salvation. Surely God is my salvation. I tried some things to find out what else could save me in life and they all failed. Things, people, experiences, life, it all let me down. It didn't, it didn't work. But surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and my defence. He has become my salvation. I build upon Jesus. God never asks us to figure it all out on our own. He just asks us to trust me. Do you trust me? And as we recognise his leading, his presence and his sovereignty in our lives, things begin to change. This is the promise of scripture. He will make our pathways straight. There is power when we trust God. Our security and peace that can rest alone in God, not in our circumstances, not what we're doing, not other people, or even our own ability, but truly to encounter God. God's goodness comes into play here, his mercy, his kindness. We could go on. Isaiah 26, 33 says, you will keep him in perfect, or keep them in perfect peace, 
whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Often I've used that scripture just when I'm not really sure what's going on and I really need to be settled in my spirit. And I pray for this peace. And I say, Lord, I've got no peace. I need this peace. I need this peace of this assurance. And I go into prayer and resettle my focus and my attention back onto the Lord, not what's going on around me. Those who trust in their own reasoning are fools. But those who walk in wisdom will be kept safe, Proverbs 28, 26. To trust is an expression of wisdom because it honours God and it celebrates who God is. It demonstrates our assurance in him and him alone. Jesus overheard the report and said to the synagogue leader, don't be afraid, just keep trusting. In Mark 5, the good news, no matter how unfortunate things may come or be seen in our lives, trusting God will help ease that pain. Why? Because it presents and builds hope and closeness and dependency, not on what's happening, but on him, on his presence. That's the good news. No matter how unfortunate things are, hope will arise. Expectation for change will delight our spirit and lift our hearts when they become heavy, focused on what's not working and what's not right. Sometimes there's too much self-reflection. Maybe we just need God, more God-reflection. And then we'll be strengthened in our faith day by day. There's another reason we can trust God. We learned that in Numbers 23, God is not human. Unreliable. Uncommitted. That he should lie. Not a human being, that he should change his mind. It speaks in terms of his nature. God's nature doesn't change. His dealings with us change. From people to person to situation. But his very nature doesn't change. He's holy. It's a chief attribute of God. Holiness knows that we can be assured that God is who he says he is. It's the pureness of purity that we've never experienced. We'll never know it until this other side of earth. We can be certain of God. He doesn't lie and he doesn't change in nature. He's dependable. And we must let our reading of the scripture change our view of God. Not let our view of God change the reading of Scripture. Even when it's confusing and when no, we're uncertain, this is where we can be certain. We must accept what God has revealed as he has revealed himself to Scripture and trust him that that's the way he wants us to be understood. So in times of uncertainty, you can be certain that God is in charge still. He's in control. And everything you read will say he's not, but he is. And I'm confident of that. And though it's messy, and though it's ugly, and though it's uncomfortable, when we look at the news reports and what we see, I still know that God's love, God's heartbeat is for each one of us and for holy humanity to know him and to be one in him. The greatest certainty that we can have is giving our life to Jesus. That's where it started for me. 
And I pray today that it can start for you in that same place. I pray that can be for you. Started by going to a prayer meeting that I thought was half price drinks anyway. I got lured by my own deceptiveness of heart. But God used that as a hook to get me into and to listen to the gospel message that was shared. And then I was asked, do I want to give my life to Jesus? And I said, yes. And Tim, a pig farmer with me, we both put our hands up and we both prayed. And we humbled ourselves. We said, God, here I am. Forgive me. I am a sinner. I need you. And then we sang like that song, I surrender all. I give my life to you that I live the life that you have called me to live, not the life I want to live. I choose you before everything else. That's a, that's a very scary prayer. It's very powerful. Pray if you really mean it. Don't pray if you don't mean it. And that was the journey for me, and I know that can be the journey for you. If you were here today and you haven't prayed that prayer, you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus, please speak with us after the service. We'd love to pray with you. It'd be an absolute honour and privilege to meet you and say, hey, we want to pray. Maybe you prayed some time ago, but you feel that's just not, just not where you're at. You just want us to just to be with you and just to help you feel certain again. Well, we can be part of that journey with you as well. Have a prayer. I want to pray. It's on the screen there. I want you to read it out with me as we close. I think it's on the screen. Yep. Let's do that together. Can we do that? Ready? Lord, I thank you that you are the God of the impossible. You can do anything. I want to trust in your ability and not my own. Teach me to see difficulties in my life from your perspective. When things seem uncertain and daunting, help me to see you are with me. No matter the valley or the mountain, you are with me. Help me to focus on you and your power and your guiding presence each and every day. In Jesus' name, amen. So what do we do in uncertain times? We remind ourselves that God is still in control. Heaven is his throne and earth is his footstool. That the word of God will remain true forever. The devil is still defeated. Amen. God is still a working, miracle-working God. God still has a plan. God is Emmanuel. And God says that we can trust in him. Will you do that? When you feel uncertain, will you do that? Will you think of these thoughts and these, these ideas and we just think, you know, it's, I'm just a bit overwhelmed right now. Will you do that? Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, in the next few moments, I just pray as we just surrender, Lord, to you as we've sang that song. Lord, we're just saying that we don't always know and we'd like to know and we want to control, but we're not really meant to. Father, I just pray that we don't step over the line where, and go where we're not meant to. That we live that surrendered life that you have called us to. Help us, Lord, that your life will flow through us, not only to enable us, but, Father, to enable others to know you, to encounter you, to meet you. And, Father, that we could really see you working in, amongst us, Father, in this community. And we pray this, Father. That, that we are not just want to be here just for ourselves, Lord, but we want to be here because the message is, it brings so true, it's so powerful. We are here for others. So help us, Lord, in this season.
Lord, where people are feeling overwhelmed with fuel prices and food prices and, and talking to people and saying crime's going to increase and all these things and it's, oh, the world's going to end. Lord, I, I pray, Lord, that we would just have this message of hope and that we can speak and we can make a difference. So help us, Lord, to be ready. In this I pray, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thanks, Louis.